One, two, three, go. Hey, this is, oh, I did it too early. <laughs> <laughs> this is how the podcast this is. It's going to be way too goofy. I'm not going to be able to get through this. Okay. It's okay. We got right. it. This, this right. podcast is pure chaos. It's fine. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll just go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you ready? We're so ready. Okay. Hey, this is Brooke Carter, and you're listening to the Super Lit Podcast. Intro music. <laughs> gonna be giggles i think oh it oh, um that's our expertise yeah that we know how to just laugh <laughs> but yes my name is ron patrick that's sylvie green and we have brooke carter here with us today Woo! Yay! thank you for having me oh my gosh of course <laughs> but we are talking today about brooke carter is this so is this this is book one yes book one of the runecaster series <laughs> yeah, um, one. the stone of sorrow indeed it is hello also i just i'm not even kidding you i've had this book for a bit and i just realized that it's signed with a little room <laughs> oh, too oh, good. Yeah. yes um i think paul kacha actually sent them to us oh that's something he would do because yeah. he's amazing <laughs> he's a sweetheart honestly he's amazing and i love him forever he checks <laughs> on him like in on me all the time and i'm like thank god <laughs> All the time. Into the void. It'll be like really, really late at night, and I'll be having like a terrible day. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get this email in my inbox, and it's Paul saying something encouraging or asking, you know, a thousand questions just about me and my life and my family. And it's just wonderful. He is such a sweetheart that he's probably, he, like, his ears are probably tingling right now. He's like, someone's <laughs> talking about me, and it's nice. Everybody loves Paul. Yeah. But yes, give us um, a little like tidbit or like tell us about your book who is she it's my favorite thing to do (laughs) um so the stone of sorrow is like a dark young adult icelandic fantasy and it's about runa uner's daughter and she's a 17 year old girl living in like an alternate magical iceland and she's a bit different a bit odd she longs to be someone else somewhere else And she's not really interested in the life that's set out for her. And bad things happen. And she has to decide to to be the person she's always been inside and go on a journey to try to save her sister and save the people that she loves. It was, I brought this to the beach with me. And at a certain point, I was like, okay, I see a thunderstorm coming, but how much more time do I have to read before I have to move? (laughs) It's a very good read. Oh, good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. (laughs) I feel like we don't normally get to, like, talk about, like, high fantasy books. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is, like, very nice. And I know Sophie would love if we just read those all the time, um, which I am totally for. 
Yeah, um, completely removed from the real world. Don't yes. I don't even want to be there even a little bit, not even yeah. gently. Same. Yeah. <laughs> not even slightly. Uh, wait, is the map in the book? Yeah. First of all, any book that starts with a map, ten out of ten immediately. Chef's immediately. <laughs> it's a sign of quality, right? Yeah. If if you're giving me a map. And I can like plot the route mm-hmm. of characters, or I can see where we're going. I'm here for it. We love it. Uh, um, I actually <laughs> have the map tacked up on my wall. Oh, you oh. do! Oh, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. I have like I a little author's map. corner. And when I, I found out you were gonna have a map, uh, it just like made my whole life. <laughs> I feel like that fantasy book should have a map. It's like just letting you know here's yeah. your land. Well, especially <laughs> if you're like fully world building and you're not it's not even like we're on a new planet and that's all you need to know or something for like sci-fi when you're literally like we're going on a journey we're not in the world that you know here's our map let's go it's kind of like the ultimate kind of like road trip camping story but like (laughs) i remember talking to someone about that they said it's kind of like going on a really long weird camping trip and that's Mm -hmm. really accurate yeah. With, like, a lot of Icelandic words that I definitely looked up how to pronounce. <laughs> oh, good. That's good. Because I'm a dummy and I'm with, like, I'll like, figure this a out. Lo- a lot of the names are very, like, okay, this is definitely how you should say this. But in the back of my head, I was like, but this is Icelandic and that language is extremely difficult. So maybe I should it just is. double check real quick. Mm. I just, I want to know what specifically made you want to like focus on that because it's Mm -hmm. so the entire book is obviously like extremely heavily like there's Nordic mythology and there's a lot of Icelandic language built into stuff and as soon as you like start to involve like runes into any kind of magic you're there's something there so I'm just really curious about where that came about for you. Um, I think it's it's always been part of my personal life because I am my family is from Iceland on my dad's side. Um, both of my grandparents came to Canada from Iceland, and that kind of culture has always been a big part of our family. And one of the things that I always thought was interesting about Iceland and Icelandic people is that they are extremely superstitious. Mm-hmm. Like there's a joke that you know that there's a church in Iceland, but nobody goes there. Um, because everybody still kind of believes in trolls and fairies. And we have this tradition at Christmas time called the Yule Lads. I don't know if you're familiar with Yule Lads, but they're these like little, these like little troll figurines that come like around the 12th day before Christmas. And each one comes at a different time. They have Icelandic names, but their names are like spoon liquor and pot sniffer and door creeper and sausage stealer and things like that and they come and they like play tricks and do weird things and leave little gifts and then at the end there's like the yule cat which is like this giant cat that eats children if you're if you don't get new pajamas before christmas it's totally bonkers and then but then there's like the mother of the yule lads who like creeps down from the mountains and steals naughty children and it's all very dark and twisted i love this so much more than elf on the shelf this is is like what my children have you know what I mean (laughs) growing up I love this um so that kind of weirdness and mythology was always in my mind growing up and then I started studying some Scandinavian literature when I was in in university and I got really obsessed with how like dark some of this stuff is and how linked to the land and nature and um then when I was doing my MFA 
and I was writing a lot of children's literature, young adult literature, contemporary stuff. I just did this writing exercise one day from the point of view of this 17-year-old girl who was casting runes on a cliffside. And it just was so natural. And I was like, oh, this is, this is what I want to write. But it just took quite a few years to kind of get to that point. I actually like love the idea of like where it started from too. Cause I, uh, I think uh, like Runa in general is such an interesting character. And I feel like a lot of people would relate to like, Oh, I suddenly have to go on this journey. I don't know if I can do this. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, she's just so that, interesting because she confidence that it would take mm-hmm. to undertake mm-hmm. something like that. But yes, Runa is like such an, I think a uh, cool character. Um, I think that's what I was saying. Yeah, something, yeah. Like something like that. Something like that. Something like that. Well, she is like a somewhat traditional protagonist in like a YA where she is like doesn't quite fit in. Obviously, like something is special about her. There's like that kind of beat. Um, and she has the like impulse to want to like maybe go somewhere or that like you can kind of feel that, but she's like so tied to her sister and where she lives and like her space that like the actual idea of going on the adventure is like, no, 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 no. I want to, I'll do that, but can I stay home and do it? Like mm-hmm. that yeah. kind of energy. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I think of her as like this kind of um, in-between person. That's how I see mm-hmm. her as someone who's always stuck in between different states of being or different times or different mm-hmm. moods or different identities almost. And mm-hmm. um that's kind of more explored in future books. This one is very much focused on the journey and the first steps she's taking into being who she is. Um, I really feel like this story is more of like a, a much longer story told in three parts. So I consider book one to be kind of like act one mm-hmm. um, in terms of her growth as a person. Um, and so she's always kind of getting lost in these foggy in between places and just very unsure of herself and yeah, just a really in-between person. I'm really obsessed with that idea of being in between things. I relate to it very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gently floating in between all things. Gently floating yeah. in the fog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like because Legend of Zelda has been such a big part of my life and then the, the, the newest game that they had out, the blood moon is like a, a, a thing in it. Oh, right. mm. yeah. So as I'm like reading this, I'm like, oh no, the blood, I kept calling it the blood moon. I'm like, oh no, it's coming. But uh, the red moon, like I, the description of like how the, the red moon is like filtering through the forest. I'm like closing my, and it was just like so descriptive that I could like feel it. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just such like an interesting thing where it's like, there's clearly a time limit for this journey. And it's like, you have to get there in time. And as like Runa's going, I'm like, I, I, I don't know how she's going to do it. I'm not sure. <laughs> There's a ticking clock. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just another, it, I, I like the idea of the entire world around her to be externally producing pressure, mm-hmm. whether that was, you know, the gods or, or the moon or the environment herself or mm-hmm. itself, um, just constantly creating obstacles for her. Yeah. And I like that every time, like, we met a character, I was, like, unsure of if, uh, is it Katla? Yes. Um, Katla. Every time that, like, someone was, like, there, I was like, oh, no, is this Katla in disguise? <laughs> yes. 
It's very Again, good. with the kind of like identity in between states, mm-hmm. can you trust anybody mm-hmm. ever? And that's very much where Rune is at as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the, anytime there's like a dark elf element, I'm like oh. all in. I, yes. my favorite thing is like fairy tales, but like the real ones where like, shit was fucked up <laughs> pardon, <laughs> yes. pardon my french no no um, no absolutely. but like <laughs> every every like any kind of like dark fae story i'm like yeah let's get into it let's talk about it they're just here for mischief so like every character that was like an elf some elf relation was like all right i don't trust you what's going on and i was just like it was so everyone was like in the shadows and i was like all right what's your deal what's going on it's so, like every new character i was immediately intrigued mm-hmm. um yeah, and I was like, okay, we're dealing with, like, Icelandic elves. Let's go. Like, let's go. This is great. <laughs> I, they're, supposed to be, they're supposed to be scary. They're, they're, they're deadly. Mm-hmm. Or my, my idea of them, anyway, is that they're, they're these deadly, extra amazing creatures that are much better and more beautiful and fantastic than human beings. <laughs> so, and, and that kind of, in the next book, there's a character that I love very much who is an elf descendant and yeah, my new favorite, Let's go. my new favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. We love elves here. We love a dark Oh yeah. Elf. I'm all yeah. about elves. <laughs> yeah. I feel like every, so um, the elfin character that comes with Rune on her journey, can you, I'm, I am so bad with names and I'm like, I'm going to butcher this person's name. <laughs> You want to try? <laughs> okay, let me. One second. This is looking back up. Is it Einer? It's it's Einer. Okay, I thought that was right. I was like, no, I'm wrong. <laughs> You're I mean, wrong because it's Icelandic. Yes. The other one is kind of okay. The names, those names specifically, like Runa, um, yes. was my grandmother's nickname. Her mm-hmm. her first name was um, Gudrun, but mm-hmm. everyone called her Runa. And my grandfather's middle name, his first name was Eofer, but his middle name was um Einar. and so the the two characters love interest have my grandparents names which is love that something that that's I adorable mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no <laughs> but he's um, the hot elf yeah yeah like every time they like describe <laughs> yeah, like, him off just the like, charts. yeah yeah i would be that person that was like what's that i was seduced by an elf <laughs> oh no <laughs> not again <laughs> he's the best one too because he's so soft and sweet Mm-hmm. yeah he's just he a sad boy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay i love i there's like one point where i mean they definitely like start off a little rocky because like no one trusts anyone but then like obviously like bonds are forming and stuff but there was like a really great line later on where i think he just like shrugs at her or something and and she says something along the lines of like oh yeah he's back to his traditional like <laughs> non-verbal communication and i'm like that's <laughs> yeah. we love that in a man yeah just shrug yeah. and move on you're good buddy <laughs> um he was great yeah um i mean i every time i read like any kind of fantasy because i'm so i like love it so much my brain is always like picking up like things and themes and trying to be like figure out like what i've heard in like traditional folklore and fantasy and what i've heard in like D and D, it's like those are like my two main bases. But I was just like really curious about. Obviously, you already kind of spoke about having like the traditional Icelandic tales and stuff in your family. But is there any like fantasy, like fiction, or anything that really influenced you a lot? 
I don't know. I was like, yes, <laughs> must be. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's also a totally valid answer. <laughs> yes. Probably you don't need to be like, when I was 12, I picked up like Lord of the Rings and it forever <laughs> oh, yeah. changed. Or, you know, something like that. But like, yeah. I just, I'm always curious about people's like, especially authors, like influences. You know, what's really kind of messed up. <clears throat> Maybe it's not messed up. I don't know whether I should admit this or not. But there were a lot of times during the editing process of these books where my editor would leave little comments on the manuscript when she went over it. She's like, oh, this reminds me of something Doran fell and run when they were doing the thing on the with the ring and the whatever. And she was making, you know, Lord of the Rings references. And it's like, try not to be too similar to this. And I was like, you know, I've never read them But I've seen the movies. Yeah, there that's you what's go. important. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the movies are great. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm influenced in that sense. But no, I, I, never, I never read the Lord of the Rings. Wow. That, I mean... Yeah, I either. <laughs> it, I mean, well, not, not specifically like Lord of the Rings, but just to kind of have like the way that you have like the fantastical storytelling and just mm-hmm. be like, yeah, it's just off the dome. <laughs> um, well I'm yeah I suppose in, in some sense it's just my weird imagination um, but no, I mean I've, it's I've gorgeous yeah know, a lot of you know the sagas and I, I've definitely read a lot of fantasy and science fiction and mm-hmm. I'm probably really influenced by things like the never-ending story and stuff like that you know mm-hmm. more than anything else mm-hmm. it does have yeah there was like somewhat of a like a nostalgic fantasy feel to the book yeah which was really yeah. nice Mm-hmm. Um, we I, not to bring up Lord of the Rings again, but there, I feel like that kind of like cascaded this like okay, every fantasy story has to be this like overwhelming like epic battle like these with just because it was such a thing, everything became that suddenly, and we lost the like what if a kid just went on an adventure that mm-hmm. we like so much of that happened in like the nineties and eighties. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> I was raised on Star Wars and things like that. They're kind of the same stories mm-hmm. told over and over and over again, where you have some kind of outsider or some character who's longing to be different or somewhere else. And mm-hmm. some external force comes along that forces them into action. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's at the, I mean, the bones of like really good storytelling, you always have the hero's journey. So you can always pull things. Everything is, everything's the hero's journey, I guess. But (laughs) yeah. um, Yeah. I think that, I think that just having like the, probably just like the grasp and the influence that you have of this very specific, like the Nordic culture and stuff really just made this like kind of stand out too from Mm -hmm. everything because it just feels like so grounded even though it's fantasy yeah I think it is kind of specific and I know it's maybe um, even a little bit weird in the sense that it doesn't fully progress in a lot of the ways the way you know maybe your typical genre high fantasy book might progress some of the world building the endless kind of um details about things are not it's kind of a faster paced book mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. and it's just it's I try to turn some things on their head in that I wanted most of the characters to be female or female identifying including you know the antagonistic force 
And so that's something that I, I don't see very often in this genre of book. Yeah, it's, there's, it's definitely more of like a heavily uh, male-identifying realm. Mm-hmm. And then if we do have like any kind of female protagonist, it's usually like, well, she's strong because she's standing up against a man. So that's she right. strength from that. And she's strong despite all of the men in her life that tell her she can't do shit because she's a lady. Right, yeah. or she's kind of just like, special because she's beautiful. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like, like, oh, so well, that's pretty. not really a personality trait, but, you know, <laughs> oh. okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, just the, the, like, foundation of Runa being, having such, like, a strong community of women because her sister is such, a, like, literally, like, her support system through the whole book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, like, the influence of her grandmother, like, any matriarchal start of a book, I'm like, yeah, here we go. Yeah. All right, yeah. this is a good family. So... Yeah, that was a big deal to me. I mean, it's partly, um, you know, I think the culture, the Icelandic culture is definitely has a lot of women in those more traditionally male um, roles. It's Mm -hmm. got a matrilineal naming system and a lot of senses. And it, yeah, it just was important to me. And I wanted, I wanted a book that my kids could pick up and they could see a lot of different female characters, bad ones, good ones, weak ones, strong ones just as many as possible really mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think that's it's, important especially like in queer books too as much as we would love just heterosexual people to just be the villains because <laughs> <laughs> that's fun oops <laughs> um but I, it's good to see like a widespread where it's like especially in like this book it's i think it would be a different story if it was like a specifically like male driven evil and i i like that like Katla is this like all powerful like everyone is afraid of her i'm like yes i love this evil woman <laughs> yeah is she your favorite character <laughs> yes oh, well, i love a good witch but i mean she's a bad witch, she's a bad witch though not mm-hmm. yeah like, we love she's not I a just, witch we stand right but she's yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. like, email she's like female i'm just like yes <laughs> she was really really good looking though like in my mind Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was she like became not yeah. good looking, but we won't go into that. Yeah, well, full like full like Kate Blanchett, like you're so beautiful, I'm scared of you. Yeah, that's what I was picturing. Yeah, like that yeah. kind of like I can't look you in the eyes because I might like turn to stone because you're so gorgeous. Like mm-hmm. that kind of energy. Yes. Yeah, but also like this little thing of like she's gonna eat your heart and you know it, you know. Yeah, but you're going to be too distracted by how beautiful she is to, like, notice that any of that is happening. Correct. <laughs> okay, more more character names. Oski? Oski. Oski? Okay. Yeah. Had to be one of those. I, I, yeah, I was like, I'm going to do it wrong. Let's go. <laughs> so I should have just said it with confidence. I love them. Yes. <laughs> I, I love, like... I feel like there is like you can like hit boxes for me and if you give me like some kind of like fallen angel something's happening like mm-hmm. redemption we got something going on like and then I was like I was like wait Valkyrie oh no I'm in oh no I'm fully in here we are <laughs> it's my favorite character whoops accidentally my favorite character yeah. they're my favorite Never <laughs> go up in future books and they are they're like my yeah. they're like you know, I think every writer has a character whose voice in their mind is similar to theirs. Mm. And that is definitely Oski. <laughs> and they're funny, but like mm-hmm. kind of like 
just also damaged. <laughs> so I'm really describing myself in a really terrible way right now, but that's kind of, or who I aspire to be, which is also, mm-hmm. I guess, a weird thing to say, but I, I admire them. I admire Oski, I think. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I love, especially in like fantasy stories or anything that has like otherworldly like creatures, um, where you have like kind of a fantasy creature that is like so removed removed from like humanity sort of, but they're just like very genuine. So they're like, they have no like level of sarcasm. Everything is just like, no, this is how it is. Like straightforward. Mm-hmm. Like the jokes kind of go over their heads sometimes. And you're like, yeah, it was very um, like had like Anya from Buffy energy. I don't know. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> just like it was it was very good it was like comedic relief because they're so straightforward sometimes and I was mm-hmm. like oh yeah okay here we go <laughs> yeah cool that's good that's that's great yeah I mean they are very old <laughs> right so you're just like you you're just like such an ancient creature you're so removed that you just like sometimes you're just funny on accident yeah. without even realizing at all it's like <laughs> I'm telling you this thing and everyone's like what? <laughs> <laughs> that was the messed up thing to say. Yeah. 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 Oh, we're not supposed to say that? Oh, sorry. Oops. I meant it, <laughs> <I'm> though. learning. <laughs> yeah. But I think... Uh, and I also really love, like, the concept of kind of, like, an eternal being just being, like, genderless. Because um, mm-hmm. it's like, well, yeah. Why would someone who is just, like, immortal and literally, like, had, like, wings and could just, like exist in through all time why would why would they care about pronouns why would they be why would they why there's no point no (laughs) i mean the whole concept of gender right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. these social constructs in a lot of sense and it's um you know they they live out of time Mm -hmm. right they they have a totally different experience of existence and they have um loved and lost over and over and over again stands to reason that um they would view themselves and and their romantic partners in a way that was much deeper than just you know some physical thing or some social thing mm-hmm. yeah if you existed before society was around you wouldn't need it it's fine yeah far more advanced than <laughs> be who you are yeah yeah whatever that is yeah. sometimes that means you you're am. a bald wingless valkyrie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> although oski was not always bald but you know mm. that's okay <laughs> i will say like as soon as you like started describing them and i was like like beautiful bald like really like dark eyes i was like is this sasha velour what's happening <laughs> like oh my, I, my brain i like can't I, I mean, I guess it's just like some pe- I'm extremely visual. So like, and yeah. I can picture like, especially like, I mean, you you did really paint like a beautiful picture and I could envision the characters in my mind, but sometimes I just make an association and I'm like, that character now looks like this person that I have, <laughs> that I know exactly what they look like and it, I can't unsee it, mm-hmm. but totally. it's, I mean, yeah, it's, I, if so, if there's a drag queen out there that is like an eternal being that's genderless, it's probably Sasha Muller. So I think that's correct. Who's <laughs> also bald? He's also bald. Yeah. Yeah. Bald probably with like has really like beautiful deep set eyes. Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I think of Oski as like this kind of uh, physical combination of like 
did you guys ever see Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey mm-hmm. growing up? Did you ever watch that movie? <laughs> I never watched any of the Bill and Ted stuff. There's a third one coming, coming out. I just learned that. I'm so excited. I'm so I excited. I saw the trailer this morning and I was like, ah! So, so anyway. he, you know the, the character who plays Death? In mm-hmm. Okay. So combine that with like, I don't know, like Tilda Swinton. And then, oh, yeah. You know you're getting in the ballpark of mm-hmm. what Oski looks like. <laughs> like the Grim Reaper crossed with, is, are you looking it up now, Brendan? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can not visual exactly. references. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, not hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just mm-hmm. kind of like an eternal bald being. Yeah. There's, there's a vibe there. Yeah. They're coming back to the third movie, P.S. Oh, are they? I'm yeah, so William excited. Sadler to reprise hilarious role as death. <laughs> hilarious role. Hilarious. <laughs> now I feel like I have to watch it because I'm like, why is death funny? We should have a Bill and Ted marathon to get ready for the third one. <laughs> I'm just going to say station right now. <laughs> station. You're oh not going to understand what I'm talking about, but... I can't wait to, to understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's bonkers, but it's underrated, I think. Yeah. It, yeah, it definitely is. I feel like, not to just go on a Bill and Ted rant, but the trailer for the third one looked like they were really embracing the, like, just absolute absurdity of the other movies. So I feel like, and I trust Keanu. I do. I trust Keanu, too. <laughs> He's the only man I trust. I, I completely understand that. <laughs> I get it. We all He's like, speaking of eternal beings. <laughs> right? <laughs> you mean the vampire he's ascended, that is. <laughs> yeah, he's ascended to the point of, like, he's so famous that he now is, like, turned around and is now, like, just doing things that are making fun of himself or, like, within his own canon. And it's just, I'm here for it. You gotta love people with a sense of humor about themselves. Yeah, truly. If you can't laugh at yourself, it's not as fun. <laughs> That's all, that's all I do all day is laugh at myself. <laughs> um, um, no, that's, you go ahead. All of my questions are dumb. <laughs> no, ask a dumb question. Not. I'm sure they're not. No, go I just, it. I feel like, so when I was reading this book, I was like so, um, I guess, involved in the like detail and the storytelling that I felt as though the world, if I hadn't been given that glorious map, I, I felt like it was like, I hate saying things are easy, but like, I was like, okay, I can like, I'm gathering the information. It's written really well. And the amount of like detail that is put into like the characters or like the elf across the bar or like, it just, um, it was really, I guess it was just like easy for me to like consume in that way. Um, and I was curious if, if that is because it's an orca sounding book. Cause I know that um, Paul's book was forgetting what the term is was it a middle oh a high low yeah no it's not a high low i didn't think so because i was like reading it i was like this is very advanced for a high low yeah i think it might be the pacing Mm -hmm. i know that Mm -hmm. i definitely had some comments where people felt like it was fast and it is for i guess the genre in a sense or maybe it skews a little bit younger Mm -hmm. um toward a younger teen as opposed to like you know really why that's essentially written for adults i write mm-hmm. for actual teens 12 13 14 years old me mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah. so it, it you know i like things to be accessible mm-hmm. and i like them to be told plainly or simply 
so I guess I just, I'm not really one for like overly flowery language. Mm -hmm. I'm not Mm -hmm. really one for having things be overly complicated either. Mm -hmm. So maybe that gave you that sense of it just being an easy, like a quicker, easier reader read or. I find that some of the like fantasy books that like I look at, I get um, discouraged from reading because of either the length of them. I didn't even realize that this book is almost 300 pages. I, for some reason thought it was shorter as I'm going, I'm like, I have 90 pages to go. How did this happen? Yeah, it's a, fa- it's a fast-paced book. It was, mm-hmm. it was kind of intentional, too, the structure of it, um, to have it be almost speeding up as it goes, because mm-hmm. I wanted to have that feeling of being on this journey that you can't get off of, and there's a ticking clock, mm-hmm. and we're racing toward the climax. Yeah. The so tension it, was really good in that aspect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I was like, I can't put the book down because the chapter ended on a cliffhanger, and then it was, the next chapter was a cliffhanger, and I was like, oh no, it keeps happening. That might have been now. part of it too. You know, I do do that as well. That's kind of my I like to end chapters like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Even in the moments where they're kind of like, okay, we're resting and we're stopping, I still wasn't like, well, I don't feel safe. So because that just means we're going to go into a dream sequence or something. Like here we go. <laughs> we're going to go into a fog that we can't get out of. Right. I think you pointed it out really, Sophie. Is that like you know maybe there could have been another, I don't know, twenty or thirty thousand words added to the book of just those in between times where you have the breathing room in between events and scenes, and it slows the pace down, and mm-hmm. that would be definitely more traditional particularly mm-hmm. for the genre where they spend a lot of time eating food or whatever it is that yeah. they're doing. Right. <laughs> and that helps with the pacing and whatever. But I felt like that didn't make a lot of sense Mm-mm. when they are literally racing to try to get somewhere to save somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, even in like traditional fantasy it could not necessarily be that the characters are pausing, but you just get like a pause of a narrative where it's like, well, they stopped to camp for like, you know, an hour or something, but here's the entire history of like the like (laughs) crumbling castle that they stopped at. And like all of the like scientific descriptions of like the flora that's growing everywhere. And this will be relevant later maybe, but you know, it's just five pages of like, (laughs) yeah, it's probably not relevant. It's mostly... (laughs) filler a lot of it is filler yeah there's I mean abridged versions for a lot of like really well-known like higher fantasy and I guess like sci-fi books because it's like you don't really need to know all that like if you want to go into it yeah let's talk about plants for five pages but uh I think how do these plants impact the story I was just I was just (laughs) thinking that there's like a moment in the um Princess Bride like the book where because it's the whole (laughs) Because the book is like about, is the same setup as the movie. So the book is about someone reading The Princess Bride to their kid. So there's literally like a part of the book where he's talking about uh, Buttercup is doing something. She's she's packing her stuff. We're just going to skip five pages. And like literally it says that like in the text, like <laughs> we don't need this part. So the next part that's interesting that happens is like. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it's probably a stylistic thing too, in the sense that a lot of um, higher fantasy books are told in more of a third person or objective type mm-hmm. format. Whereas this is a first person narrative, which isn't quite as common either. And so mm-hmm. that also doesn't really make sense for her to just stop and like, just observe things for 
10 pages without taking any kind of action. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, that would be quite a like inner monologue. It would be, just... yeah. <laughs> it's strange. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you'd almost expect it to end with one of the other characters being like, Hey, wake up, let's go. Come on. Right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think this is definitely like, really good for like kids who maybe do eventually want to get more into like the high fantasy and that kind of like because it has the same feel but yeah it's you said it brendan it's so much more accessible Mm -hmm. and it was really exciting because i i feel like sometimes when i read those books i'm like i am a grown-ass man and my brain is melting out of my ears right now because (laughs) that happens to me too yeah (laughs) i feel like it's too much and like i can hear my dad like listening to like historical books i'm like i know that you love this and it's i'm really happy that you do but like just sitting and listening to this i'm just like (laughs) i can't do this boring (laughs) yeah and i i I think i liked the pacing of this book too because it it didn't feel like i had those moments where i was like come on we can do this let's get out of camp (laughs) well do you ever find yourself reading a book and you skip like 30 pages but you didn't miss anything (laughs) <laughs> you were able to just yeah. like okay let's just all right i'm just fine i'll get to the next good part okay, just, yeah they're still like. there okay yeah mm-hmm. yeah oh they're still fighting great yeah okay well more more man yeah 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 definitely yeah there's a there's an interesting way to like be able to write like combat or like quieter moments and have it still not fully like halt the entire narrative it's mm-hmm. like okay let's go um, yeah and i think that's obviously where skill comes in and certainly um we're all still learning, <laughs> just trying to do our best. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? With every book that you write, you hopefully get a little bit better at some of the things that you're terrible at. And <laughs> some of the things that you're okay at get a little bit better too, you know, and mm-hmm. hopefully on a long enough timeline, you write a decent book. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's all we can really hope for. Mm-hmm. Other question I had is, is there like a specific set, like number of books that you have planned for our Runecaster friend here? You know, officially it's three. Okay, that's great. I've had to kind of like squash my overall scope of things into that concept of three books. Mm -hmm. Whereas originally, like I remember when I was just first floating the idea of this series to my very wonderful editor... Um, I think I scared her a little bit when I said that I imagined 11 books. Mm-hmm. So she was like, mm, let's try to sell like, you know, three of them. <laughs> what about three? <laughs> so what about three? So yeah, so it's three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> three That's books right. But I really would love an Oski standalone mm. spinoff book. Same. Uh, that'd be so good. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, no was- matter what happens with publishing these books, I might just write that anyway and see mm. how that goes. Excellent. And yes. then, you know, if it never sees the light of day, I'll send it to you and you can read it. Yes. We love that. That's all I wanted. <laughs> I'll go, I'll be out on the streets being like, do you, do you guys know about this? Have you read this? Let's go. Like, let's get this published. Come on, people. Hey everyone. Guess um, what you're going to read today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, no, well, yeah. Do you think it would be easy because you've already like kind of steeped yourself in this world, so you already have such like this a strong foundation and such like a vast 
cast as well as like you could easily extend into anything and kind of go like more into like the elf mythology or more into just like the traditional villagers so do you feel like you could just kind of keep going like that is the yes that is the plan the plan originally for me was to have this like endless kind of like multiverse of stories Uh, you know this is like one character's journey Mm -hmm but there are other very important characters on the sidelines and that will be introduced in the next book and the book after that. And then there's, you know, different timelines. We really get into Mm -hmm. things happening in terms of time, like book two, without spoiling too much, part of it takes place in like 1980s Reykjavik. So, you know, things happen (laughs) and new characters come into play and it gets weirder and Mm -hmm. more expansive and reality is, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. question. So theoretically, we could write whatever we want to write when, <laughs> within this connection, right? But mm-hmm. definitely the elves. <laughs> Keep your eye out for book three being very much about elves. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be very elf heavy. Yes, that's all I want. <laughs> The idea of the time, I guess, like the time travel or whatever is going to happen to book to get us to 1980s is just like, I'm so yeah. interested. <laughs> Your face it's almost like, like I have up. to write book one to get to book two almost, which is like my favorite so far. Mm-hmm. I'm really mm-hmm. excited about book two. Yeah. That's great. I feel like in g- generally, not always, but generally in trilogies, book two is always like the really good sweet spot because you you've gotten everyone together you've introduced what you're doing and now we're just like here we've established things let's go like we're here to explore it's the empire strikes back book right it's yeah like, exactly it's like yeah the low, point, the low point book where you know you've got a lot going on and things get really terrible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah but empire strikes back is still the best movie of course it is <laughs> I have um, I have no thoughts on that. <laughs> come on. I I don't I I was in a Star Wars club when I was in middle school and I'm not kidding you. I just like them. So I'm like, yeah, they're great. That one's good. You're right. But they're also <laughs> oh right. Just like I'm, I'm I think I'm a golden retriever. I think the issue is You are. You're Mr. Peanut Butter. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? We we are a Star Wars family. Mm-hmm. My partner has like I think like fifty Star Wars T shirts. Not that that makes you a Star Wars fan, but I'm talking we are <laughs> a Star Wars family. Mm-hmm. My children are Star Wars obsessed. Oh hell yeah! I'm surprised that my children aren't named for Star Wars characters. <laughs> Put it like that. Mm-hmm. But we also are like forgiving of Star Wars. We're not these like nutty people who are like mm-hmm. angry about yeah. star wars that's i think that's no. when people need to take a step back out of that's when you need to take a step back yeah enjoy mad. it you're yeah. there to enjoy yeah. it that's let's what we got nice. yeah let's, en- let's enjoy this thing that we love let's be positive about it right that's the way yeah. i feel about these types of things yeah. just let people like things yeah hey that's cool yeah. you like that that's great <laughs> so let's i don't but like cool like, right? <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> my gosh especially i'm a hundred percent Oh yeah, come on. Like I'm a person who like I love to like really 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 engage with like any kind of fandom stuff. Like I love critiquing stuff, but I always I feel like I always have to preface it with just because I'm like critiquing something or analyzing something or like bringing up maybe a negative that does not mean I don't like the thing. That probably yeah. means I like the thing because mm-hmm. I'm taking my time to think about it. Like 
it's you can enjoy a thing you can also criticize a thing you can also enjoy a thing and just enjoy a thing yeah you sometimes you just want to hang in your face a discourse about yeah. things <laughs> and you know that's fine and that's actually that's good I mean when you're writing books or when people are making movies or any kind of or music or art it's supposed mm-hmm. to be a, a communication it's not necessarily this one-sided thing so I know that I welcome criticism um mm-hmm. without criticism you can't grow you can't improve or change right that's exactly. correct <laughs> that especially as correct. like an artist too or just like in most things you if you consistently just get told like oh best amazing 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 you you might continue down a path that actually isn't great or like you might not get the outcome that you're looking for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a hard balance too because i think if you're in, ever in any kind of artistic field or if you've undertaken any kind of training for some kind of art, whether it's music or visual arts or writing, sometimes the process of learning and going through critiques and being criticized can almost have the unwanted effect of making you too kind of constrained in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's good to take these big, bold chances with things and fall on your face because, you know, then you try something you wouldn't have ever tried before, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But what I don't really get is when people review movies or books or, or music or whatever that's not really intended for them. Yep. And oh, then they yeah. like tear mm-hmm. it apart. It's like, well, it's not for you. Yeah. <laughs> so go away. Any critique of any children's media pretty much is when people go way too hard and they're like, well, the continuity errors. And I'm like, this <laughs> is on. for You're talking about Paw Patrol. I need for you to <laughs> yeah, Calm down. <laughs> Yeah. Like, truly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And now I just want to talk about Star Wars. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I always want to talk about Star Wars. Well, you could rank you could rank your Star Wars. Ooh. Oh god. I, I told always you a long time that. ago to prepare a Carly Ray Jepsen list, but we can oh. all switch that too. We can also do that. <laughs> Welcome to the Carly Ray Jepsen podcast. <laughs> Where's She's the quarantine album? She lives in Ooh. Mission or she's from there, which is like <gasps> literally like a 20 minute drive from where I am right now. Oh my goodness. neighbors. Yeah. <gasps> she's basically my best friend. Yeah. Love that for you. <laughs> I don't oh. know what I'm trying to think. Now I'm trying to actively think of my Star Wars ranking. <laughs> I, okay. So I know since we're talking about it, I know this is probably like controversial, I guess, but I like the Natalie Portman movies. Mm. I, I just like Natalie Portman as an actress. So, like, when I love see Natalie her and things, Portman. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, love Natalie Portman. Love Ewan McGregor. Love yeah. Liam Neeson. Love Ewan McGregor. I love saying that I have the, you know, the, the high ground. <laughs> I my, my family Lava. all the time. <laughs> Anytime my cats the are fighting. Yeah. My kids were at the playground and they were in a disagreement. One was up on the monkey bar. Just like, I have the high ground. <laughs> yes. Your children are being raised correctly. Yeah. Wow. That's just kiss. Good, good parenting. Yes. <laughs> Usually when I'm thinking of like, when people are like, okay, rank the Star Wars movies, I just collectively put all the prequels into the like one, one movie edited version that mm. Topher Grace made. <laughs> I did not see that. He, um, I don't know if he did it. He, so he is like, a, he, he's like done an interview where he talked about like, sp- like specifically when he was, he did Black Klansman because obviously like he's playing like a, he, the role he played in that movie was like the leader of the KKK. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm about to get really dark for a second, but um, basically like how he removed himself and like 
got his brain back to reality and like out of that kind of dark space he had to be in is he would just edit movies on his like laptop. So he has like an edited version of the prequels that he made that starts with the final battle with Darth Maul. Like you, the whole first first movie is completely out except for that battle because that fight seems really cool. And then it just progresses and he, he cuts it up and like edits out all the unnecessary stuff. And I was like, yeah, we could have done this. This is great. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we watch those movies. We, we enjoy them. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith is a pretty, you know, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they the definitely came the out. Wars. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the Clone Wars, the TV show and stuff is great too. Mm-hmm. Um, but they like the prequels came out when I was like in middle school, I think. Yeah. So I was like the exact age where I like had grown up watching the original movies and there was like, there's new ones coming out. And there's like yeah. a kid in it. And he's like the main <laughs> character. And there's like cool aliens. Like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were really so. excited too, although I was definitely older than you. <laughs> <laughs> definitely older. I mean, when did when did they come out? Like 2000-ish? 2000? Yes, because I was in fifth grade. Oh, you guys are babies. I was like <laughs> a full adult at that time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> feel so old now no don't at all. you don't at all look you're an eternal older than us you look in fact our age you are very sweet <laughs> you guys are just a just a couple of cherubs just, if just i like, shave i become going. like circle i Neat become the moon <laughs> i'm the moon we're just emoji. little beans yeah. <laughs> just the moon emoji yeah just little children um then we're perfect we're the intended audience for your book then <laughs> <laughs> yeah there there it is <laughs> yeah. um i i feel like uh i just want like more of it so i'm just like very excited about it it was i think like a really fun <laughs> but also um like harrowing journey and i like that like throughout it the like fog the sickness would happen um mm-hmm. to kind of like not like knock her back or like put her back in place um, but it it was just, I liked that it wasn't like a, I immediately solved this thing and it's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely um, leading into book two, you know, things are not going to go well at, at all. I don't know why I'm excited about that. I'm like, yes. Just yes, turmoil. Continue yeah. to become more terrible. But she's also going to grow as a person. And I'm really, really excited too, because she's, you know, um, going to definitely be exploring her bisexuality in book two. And that is also very exciting to me. Mm. So yeah, I'm just like, yeah, book two, let's go. <laughs> book two, let's kiss girls. Let's go. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally without spoiling too much. Definitely going to be girl kissing in that book. We stand. We love that. <laughs> we have we no choice that. but to stand. We have no choice but to stand. Um. I'm just like really excited about this and I'm really glad that I got a chance to read it because Mm -hmm. uh, again I I love like fantasy stuff and I feel like it's so overwhelming a lot and this was like a good kind of like overwhelming but like it I don't know I I felt like really entrenched in the story oh great that's I mean that's awesome that's what you want to hear (laughs) that's what I want to hear just tell me what I want to (laughs) hear we love it yeah um yeah i basically just want to go find more icelandic 
like folklore and just like read up on that. Like I'm, I'm going to go do some research. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, it's at the beginning or well, maybe not at the beginning, but it's kind of on the cusp of a trend. I am seeing more Norse themed mm. fantasy and young adult fantasy kind of coming out in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And certainly wow. you're seeing Iceland and Viking stuff happen more and more in the media. So I think that's something mm-hmm. that there's definitely going to be more of soon. Yeah. Which is good. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone was like, oh, Thor? People like Thor? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> we, we like short hair Thor. Funny Thor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we respect um, all forms of Thor in this home. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I, Thor I really love is Adventures in Babysitting Thor. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's there. That's the Thor. Brendan, we need to watch some of these movies. Come on. What am I missing? You don't know this movie? I literally just made my nine-year-old watch that movie the other night. Yeah. I'm I'm going to make my nine-year-old and it's Brendan. Yeah, I am the nine-year-old. I watched the Birdcage for the first time. My parents have always been like, "You need to watch it," and I'm like, "Oh, that probably means it's not respectful of the queer community." And I'm watching, I'm like, no, I, I understand why my parents love this movie so much. They mm-hmm. literally told me that if we ever get another dog, we're naming the dog after, is it Spart... Uh, Agador? Agador, Agador yeah. Spartacus, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they love <laughs> the that <maid>. man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, we need to, you need to watch Adventures of Babysitting, though, Brendan. It is an absolute romp. It's is great. It? Yeah, talk about kids going on an adventure. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. some there's some things in it you know watching it with my kid now like I'm pretty careful about the media my kids watch because I really mm. don't want them seeing homophobic things and racist mm-hmm. things that's just really there's just not a reason for that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but they did re-release it on Disney plus and I noticed that they edited some things and they overdubbed oh. certain words that oh. were used so I was glad to see that some of that has been changed but you can mm-hmm. definitely you, you can tell what the original word might have been yeah right yeah so just that, i mean that's yeah if that bothers you there what <laughs> movie was it i um what is the movie with the spirit fingers spirit? Bring it, did you watch bring, bring it, on? it on the other night because i so, did i kara and i were talking about bring are we talking kirsten dunst yes yeah <laughs> yeah 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 and eliza dushku right? yes yeah so, when she does the gymnastics thing and she's got the parachute pants on sorry yeah. that just no, but it's great. Is that image, is that image also burned into your brain for some reason? You're just like this, this. Just no, okay, yeah. that was literally on VH1 last night, and me and my roommate watched it. And because it was on VH1, all of the swear words were edited out. And they, for, well, first of all, that movie has a lot of slurs in it because it yeah. is from the early two mm-hmm. thousands. Um, that they uh, clearly edit out, but like some of the editing was so bad. There's literally like a part when where like Kristen Dunst is like screaming. She's like supposed to say like, I'm going to kick your ass. And the ADR was like, I'm going to kiss your butt. It was like, <laughs> I was like, what, who did this? Who's showing? I'm going to kick your butt. But I was like, it's like 1030 at night and this is VH1. Just let her say ass. Like it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. Um, but yeah, some of the other phrasing has been, has been that, edited out. That's, that's what I because it's kind of a, a lot about cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And none of the sequels are about that at all. <laughs> I haven't seen any of the sequels, so None of them are good. All of them are just like the first one was just about cheerleading, right? And I was like, "Well, um, no." <laughs> well. <laughs> no. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you could find like a TV edited version, like it's truly just, yeah, there's just like a handful of scenes where they use some less than good words for yep. for gay men and, and lesbians. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess it was like 2002 or whatever. So that just like slid into teen movies and it was okay. Yeah. And it's now it's like at a point in my life where I just like don't even want to put that sort of thing in my eyeballs or my ears anymore. Like it just doesn't, it it just chips away at you. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I think recently ish I like was trying to get someone to watch it because it's such like, it was such like an integral movie as, as like to me as a teen. And I like, was thinking as we were watching I was like I don't remember the last time I watched this that wasn't like on tv like we were watching like this the full version and like as soon as like the first time they say like the f slur I was like I fully forgot that that is in this movie holy yeah. shit I am so sorry like because, you I, know it was so normal to hear that right you yeah. just mm-hmm. kind of yeah just constant all the time right yeah 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 I like That's- I truly didn't even like it didn't phase me at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> Tangent have... about bring it on. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I completely understand. It's like, it's, I guess like, because when I was growing up, like South Park, my parents were like, you can't watch South Park. And then I mm-hmm. just go to my friend's house and be like, South Park's on. It's like, there are so many shows that like I have rewatched and I'm like, wow, this is probably extremely damaging to a child to like, yeah. Hear all of this. Mm-hmm. I have a very, colorful vocabulary that i shouldn't have but um it's just i truly believe that a lot of those tv shows early 2000s like really um did a number to people growing up oh, i uh, think so yeah absolutely i remember i i yeah i yeah i don't know <laughs> well i think you know language definitely matters i mean i'm not I'm not um, the language police and I definitely use profanity a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably more than I should. And I certainly try not to do it around or at my children, mm-hmm. but I also don't feel like there's anything morally wrong with swearing because it's just a word, but yeah. um, right. certainly slurs and, and words used to demean other people. It's mm-hmm. just, there's no reason to be just constantly exposed to that. It's not going to, help somebody's worldview or help their sense of compassion or their sense of respect or duty to other people. Mm-hmm. And I like that in your, in your world too, in this book that um, Runa's sister has uh, a girlfriend and it's not like no one in town is bothered by this. And I'm like, mm. wow, this is amazing. And it's just something that like reading and it's, I guess I'm so conditioned to be like, Oh God, is something dumb going to happen? And when it doesn't, mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> Thank God, because I don't want to have to think about that when I'm reading, mm-hmm. you know, especially in a fantasy book. It yeah. should just be matter of fact. That's that's kind of how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. I know I've read a couple of reviews of people saying, you know, why is this Valkyrie character non-binary, but there's no explanation for it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, why does right. there need to be an explanation? Why can't this character, this person just, just be- exist? And why, um, you know, there's a lot of wonderful books about coming out and there's wonderful books about um, having a non-binary identity. There's there's a lot of writers out there writing good work about those things. Mm -hmm. But other books can have those characters and have it just be incidental. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be, you know, part of the narrative of, oh, then this horrible thing happened or everybody hated them or like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's also perpetuating the same thing when the goal is to be 
normalizing what we know is already normal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that when kids and youth are reading my book hopefully they just see themselves yeah Mm -hmm. or they see other people that they know or it's just like oh yeah well that's normal because that's normal Mm -hmm. right Right? you don't need to have uh, an all-powerful witch trying to kill you because you've got a girlfriend like yeah, she no. could just want to kill you like, no it's not a, it's not a punishable sin right yeah no, exactly I just, just want to kill, you, kill you for normal reasons yeah <laughs> maybe she's for just regular to reasons you. yeah because she just wants to be all powerful and you've got this big stone and she wants that stone it has yeah. nothing to do with who you kiss yeah, yeah. just good old-fashioned witch pants. competition yeah. yeah um yeah it's like that age-old argument that's like I mean, so, so relevant in all high fantasy where it's like, okay, well, was there a reason that all the people in power are white and all the people who are poor and are like demeaned in the society are the people of color? And it's like, well, historically, yeah, well, you have dragons, so there's nothing historical about this narrative. So don't do Mm -hmm. that. No. That's strange. I don't remember dragons being in our history books, but maybe I missed that chapter. I missed that part, I guess. Um, And yet, this is the thing about fantasy. It's an opportunity. mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like, we don't have to have the default on everything be white. We don't have to have the default on everything be straight. Like, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. why we can make any world we want mm-hmm. within our fantasy system you know let's make it cool <laughs> yeah right it's better you're literally building a world so why not start with what's better than what we have like yeah. you know <laughs> and like also every all of the like <laughs> the characters are so cool everyone's just like oh my god you're all attractive everyone is gorgeous <laughs> i love it <laughs> really excited <laughs> Well, everybody is beautiful, aren't they? I think that's true. Yeah, there's something. Yeah, it's, about the law. it's the law. Yeah. yeah, every honestly, the truth has been revealed. <laughs> um, um, I don't. I feel like I only have like dumb thoughts now. So like, I don't. I don't have. I don't think anything. Let's do like a lightning round of dumb <laughs> thoughts. Let's <laughs> do lightning dumb thoughts. All right, let's go. Let's get your your Carly tracks in. Oh Let's my talk gosh, about yeah. Star Wars more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I have nothing like... I've, my, than... my brain is like, I have like two tracks in my brain. And one of them is if I hear a Canadian accent, I have to ask about Degrassi. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Brendan has to hide. Wow, I love this book. Okay, I'm like a Degrassi <laughs> scholar. So oh, okay. I was okay. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been watching Degrassi since Kids of Degrassi Street. Oh, oh my god. Hell yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. that. I mean, I started with like next gen because that's mm. what was like happening when I was like a kid. Yeah. But I have like since jumped back a little bit. I don't I haven't really watched any of the new stuff though, because I'm just like kids, what are they doing? Who knows? Watched it all. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I was like kids of Degrassi Street, Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High. Then there was like, you know, Degrassi like summer vacation or something like that was like a special like drinking and driving and then there was like um and then there was like the new degrassi Mm -hmm. the next generation is like degrassi next generation and then there was like degrassi college or degrassi beverly hills oh yeah there was like a california or something 
They're, yeah, they, after like the main cast of Next Gen, like was college age, like a bunch of them went to California because they yeah. were like, we're done shooting in Canada. And I was like, what's happening? <laughs> no, I like when you guys are in Canada. It looks nice yeah. up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have any comments. I just yeah, always, no. I'm uh, obligated to bring up Degrassi if I hear someone say a boot. It's come up that's, a lot. <laughs> um, in our Did you hear me past? say something in a Canadian accent? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that I had one, but okay. We love Canadians on this podcast. Yeah. You're also kind to us. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I've been watching Can- uh, Canada's Drag Race, and it's like truly above and beyond regular. Like, literally, I'm just going to go on a mini tangent, but like, in so in Drag Race, they have like the pit crew, which is just like, hot guy mm-hmm. who carries in prop for whatever challenge this week but like canada's drag race is literally like ascending everything that american drag race has ever done because they brought in like the pit crew for the most recent episode and there was like every there was like an asian guy walked in there was like a dark-skinned black guy that walked in there was like a fat guy who walked in he was still wearing little speedo all the other like rip dudes mm-hmm. are wearing me and Rumi were like losing it because we're like look at the diversity in this pit crew like we're really out here like yes to all of this american gays are trash <laughs> america's trash yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's canada that's what i see when i walk out my front door we love that oh, I how do i sign up for that <laughs> i'm already well equipped for that <laughs> um, um yeah <laughs> i think the, the like last thing i wanted to say there's a like peak at like book two um i is this like, is it, am I allowed to ask like what chat? Is this like right at the beginning or is it? That's kind of like um, around the midpoint. Oh. oh. Maybe maybe 30% in. Wow. Ooh. That's fun. Yeah. Have you book released like, like what the name of the book is yet? Uh, yeah. Book two is called The Saga of Lies. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Wow. And Runa well, is going to be embarking on a perilous journey of a different kind, setting sail by mm-hmm. herself on the frozen sea to try to find the mystical bridge to Valhalla so that she can punish Odin for his crimes. I love that. And, um, his things, actual crimes against humanity. Things are not going to go well. Things are not what they seem, and she's going to end up in um, various different states and various different timelines where terrible things will occur. I hate that I'm saying that I'm, like, super excited about I'm so excited for her to go through some trauma. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's going to get real. Yeah. That's exciting, though. Um, Also, I love when things, like, mention the book title in the book. Um, I don't know what it is. I just, I have like a, when it happens. Um, and I love that that happens. <laughs> like a silly thought note to add. Yeah. Just your silly notes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, other than that, um, honestly, I just wanted to ask a question about the map. So was this something that like you had designed yourself or like had a sketch of, or. I drew a very terrible kind of stick drawing of it and sent it to the incredibly talented people at my publisher Mm -hmm. and they had um an illustrator do an actual 
proper version of it. So basically all I did was draw like a blob with like some X's mm. and some just, and the names of the places and approximately where they would be. But it's not, um, it's not meant to be an accurate map of Iceland by any stretch. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My version. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's perfect. That helps remove it from the, from our world too, is if you don't look at it immediately go, well, that's okay. I know exactly where that is. Like you can see the existing, uh, like continent outline as we see it today. So that definitely was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, And you know, Runa's reality is not, you know, not a historical reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we definitely play with, um, concepts of destiny and fate and, kind of circular nature of time throughout the series Mm -hmm. and it's equally possible that runa is existing there right now Mm -hmm. just as much as we are here (laughs) we love that yeah we Mm -hmm. love fantasy and then throw time travel in yes (laughs) right um i don't have anything to add other than um Thank you so much for coming and chatting with yeah, us. Yeah, and chatting with everything. us. This is so fun. Yeah. Thank you. You know, any any chance to like, I don't know, like socially interact with other human beings is, is great. <laughs> other than That's my own true. children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think I have anything else to add that's like, any kind of sound smart no i don't have <laughs> Me I'm, either I, unfortunately yeah yeah i'm just like if you ever want to just like talk about degrassi or star wars mm-hmm. well, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it let's go <laughs> yeah same <laughs> so we can do uh any any kind of stuff like that yeah you ever have yeah, we should do like some kind of live viewing thing <laughs> I would should, love to okay. see you do like some of those movies that we talked about, like the Bill and Ted, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Babysitters Club. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, we did that once on um, was it Hulu or Netflix? Netflix. It was Netflix. So we did like one of those like live things for our Patreon, where like we did like the live commentary, mm-hmm. um, and that mm-hmm. was pretty fun because it was something that Sophie and I both haven't watched yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> It was we um, the other half, which was like a movie yes. they came out with a couple months oh ago. God. It was very, it was cute. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I think I think it was like a, it was a very sweet little movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about friendship, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The I yeah it's it was basically like Sierra Bergerac, um, but like Sierra was like a young teen girl. Oh, right, right, um, right, but she was secretly in love with the object of her friend's affection. Yeah, so, yeah but it, it like, the, the core of the story was really about her relationship with, like, the boy that she was helping. Right. She's kind of, like, cute and dumb and needed help, and it was very nice. He's so. a fast mm-hmm. boy. That's all we need <laughs> to know about him. He <laughs> runs fast. He'd do a fast run. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, was, he ran a lot in that movie. He was, he was yeah. fast? Okay. He's always it running was just Sonic. We watched Sonic. <laughs> She's like riding a bike away from him. And for some reason, he's like, yeah, let me jog next to you. With like full like jeans, book bag, like just jogging. And I'm like, yeah. They're like in the Pacific Northwest, I think. So it was just always kind of foggy and cold. So everyone was always in jackets. So they filmed it in Vancouver, basically, probably. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Does anyone else have anything they want to add before we do our outro? No, but just thanks very much for... For inviting me oh my gosh of course. makes me feel thank cool <laughs> yeah thank you so much for talking to us thanks for starting the series and and yeah like, thanks for actually reading thoughts. it yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not that I wasn't very excited to read the second one already because it does build so much. But now I'm even more excited after talking Mm -hmm. to you, all the little tidbits you gave us. So Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to see what happens. (laughs) All right. Well, my name is Brendan Patrick. We have Sophie Green and we also have Brooke Carter here with us. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you. Yeah. Hi. And uh, <laughs> you've all been listening to the Superlit Podcast. Yay. <laughs> Outro music. <laughs>